Hello, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to a new episode of DFV. I am Black Cinephile. I am AKA Brad. AKA Brad, you still didn't change the username, man. You know, I, you, I'm just sticking with it at this point. I think uh, it suits me. Uh, this way, if anybody goes, hey, are you Brad? I can go, no, that's just my other name. So Brad, so Brad is the uh, that that's the Superman name. AK that, that's my Brad Superman name. Kent. You know, you, you'll never know okay. the real Clark Kent. <laughs> wow! Wow! Hilarious. Um, we're back, and we're back for a new episode. We're going to title "Rich People Problems." <laughs> and, uh, I, I think that's a great title for this one, man. We're looking at uh, two great films here. Uh, one from 2020 that was highly controversial um, uh, when it was released called The Hunt, uh, directed by Craig Zobel. And we have The Menu, which uh, just came out recently, directed by Mark Mylod. I think I'm saying that right. Yep. Yeah, man. So um, was this your first time seeing either of these films or was it like your first time seeing The Menu? So this was my first time seeing both of the films. Uh, Originally, when The Hunt came out, uh, I really wasn't interested in it at all. Uh, it, it wasn't even because of like the controversy around it where everybody was like, oh my God, this is a political horror movie. I was just going, okay, it's a slasher horror movie. Pass. It, it's not my cup of tea to begin with, so <laughs> I'm not going to throw myself out to go see this one. Oh, you don't like slasher movies. That's good to know. I never knew that about you. Yeah, just if it's just pure like a slasher movie, it it just really doesn't appeal to me unless there's some kind of extra thing on top of it. Like if it's like a dark comedy kind of slasher, I can get behind it as long as it, it does a good job at the comedy aspects of it. Or if it's made to like appeal to kind of a certain like uh, nostalgia kind of thing like the winnie the pooh kind of slasher movie horror movie that's coming up i know it's stupid i can't wait for it <laughs> you know you want to you want to make another episode out of that another jujitsu episode oh we uh, might have to it depends dollar, we'll see those dollar tree dollar bin uh yeah uh, episodes <laughs> all right well, I'm glad I'm glad that you had that misconception about this because the hunt isn't really a slasher. But um Yeah, I'm, I'm I, I was you... off on that one. The marketing for that movie was god awful, to say the least. You know, I, I like how they leaned into how this is the film Trump didn't want you to see. Oh yeah. <laughs> like how they leaked it to that. And uh it had that whole controversy. Like I really, it really sucked that it didn't come out when it when it was initially supposed to. But when it did came out, it was around the pandemic times mm-hmm. uh, when the pandemic first hit, and then it came uh, to streaming about three days after it released in theaters. So that was pretty cool. I think it was about three days. Yeah, I know um, it was quick, but a lot of that was because theaters like were shutting down like almost the weekend it came out, if I recall correctly. Oh yeah, man. It's just, Every time I think of it, I think of that uh, that that gif with that um, that Asian man, and you, he it zooms in. You hear the the explosions going off. Oh yeah! Like uh, every email was from Chick uh, Chick Fil A to Noodles and Company. Due to co- due to the uh, 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 the rise of COVID nineteen. Due to the rise of COVID nineteen. And then after that was we're a family. We're a family. I don't know any of right. you people. You're not my family. <laughs> 
right. And then you have you'd have web newsletters like uh yeah, uh, due to the rise of I'm like, you're a web newsletter. You're you're not really affected yeah, by this. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Oh man. All right, man. All right. Well, I guess we've already uh, capped off what we're gonna cover first. You wanna you wanna go for the hunt first? I can uh I can take this over. Uh yeah, let's go chronological with this one. All right, all right. What a daring move for a daring couple of films. All right, man. So we start off with the hunt here from uh 2020. So quick synopsis. I mean, this will be short before we get into it. So the hunt deals with um a group of uh a billionaire, um, I want to say leftist, not Democrats per se, but leftists that uh, come up with an idea to uh, gather around a total of um, lower class people that that uh, go towards the right. And, you know, this is during the, the Trump era mm-hmm. um, who commented on a um, a post where you don't notice until the end of the movie. But spoiler alert, guys, there's spoilers all around here. Uh, they commented on a post of, of a leaked text conversations between all of them where they uh, they, they bought into a theory that they were going to have a manor gate where they bring a bunch of um, Trump supporters to a manor and and play the most dangerous game, i.e. hunt them for sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a joke thread between a, a bunch of, um, you know, rich leftists that was meant to be a joke. Uh, jobs are lost. Uh, people are, uh, you know, uh, people resign. And uh, I don't want to say lives are ruined, but reputations are ruined. And so Manorgate becomes real out of revenge. So long story short, uh, this is about uh, the hunt of um, what these people would deem as deplorables and uh, supporters of the uh, alt-right or supporters of Trump. One of them happens to be uh, a badass that nobody expected that uh, it really uh, comes straight out the gate to survive and understand why all of this is happening. And bare bones, that is the plot of the satire, the hunt. So I want to I wanna ask you off top, with this being your first time seeing this movie, this was like my, my second, I think. Mm-hmm. What, what was your reaction? So at first, when it came to this movie, uh, I, it started off and I was just like, okay, Typical movie beginning with the text message conversation. Uh, then you had the private jet and it was like it, that kind of started off with that like horror aspect, like gory kind of thing with the person that woke up. The guy that woke up. <laughs> and I was like, OK, th- I can tell what I'm in for on this one already. Uh, and from there, it, the movie just kept sh- knocking it out of the park on surprising me. So we're first introduced to a couple characters. Uh, one of them was played by, I'm trying to remember Emma Roberts. Yeah. Emma Roberts, who she wakes up, she has a gag in her mouth. She looks around and she's just surrounded by other people there in the same situation. It was her trying to figure out where they are. And in the middle of this open field, there's just a crate sitting there. One of the people goes over to the crate, opens it up. Uh, you have the different kind of people going slowly toward the crate. Some of them like moving away from it. Mm-hmm. Then he opens the crate. Pig comes out and it's like, okay, that, that's a little bit interesting. Then he pulls out the gun rack and it's like, okay, you're, you're getting my attention a little bit here, movie. <laughs> and 
as we're doing that, you know, Emma Roberts' character is going toward there. She finds keys to the gags. Everybody gets the gag removed. They're trying to figure out where they are. They're grabbing the guns and everything. And then shots start firing, and she's the first one dead immediately. And I was like, okay, so we're not following her. But she was just talking to this one guy, and he's sitting there. And it's like, okay. And then he dies. It's like, okay, well, we're not following him. And then this other I, I person... Like how- I, I like the subversion of it all because you expect these two to be the leads. Yeah, you, know, you got you got Justin Harley as the attractive, uh, you know, uh, likable lead. You got mm-hmm. Emma Roberts as the attractable, you know, possible love interest, and they both just get shot down right away. Uh, then okay. we get our new trio, and it's like, okay, this is who we're going to be following. Uh, they die after about ten minutes. And at that point, I was like, I don't just trust that we're going to follow a single character in this movie at all. This is <laughs> we're just going to keep following a different one of the people as they get further along with it. Uh, but I was even wrong on that at that point. So this movie had me twisted around where I had no idea what was going to happen. And I kind of liked that. It, it was one of those it's subverting the expectations of these kind of horror movies where you normally get to introduce to these characters before they start getting picked off. And instead, they just completely, you know, destroyed that concept by killing off everybody that you'd been following up to that point. And this is maybe about 25 minutes into the movie is when we're first introduced to the main character of the movie. Yeah. uh, Okay. before we get into her, it's it's hilarious. I like how one girl when she's uh, when she's walking away and she falls into the ditch. And the, the oh, the spike guy. pit, yeah, yeah. Justin Harley comes over and sees her in the spike pit, and she just says the most random line ever. It's my birthday tomorrow. I'm gonna eat a whole cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that have to do with the situation? <laughs> also, we gotta talk about the one-liners in this movie that. Uh, just talking on the girl that falls into the pit. It, she gets out of the pit. They step on a landmine. They explode. Uh, she ends up back in the pit somehow. And the one guy comes in to try and save her. She ends up back in the pit. Yeah, she ends up back in the pit. You know, just the casual explosion back into the pit. And the one guy comes to try and like help her. And he's like, come on, I'll save you. No, shoot me. You know, come on, do it. You snowflake. And then she shoots herself. It's like, okay, I can see exactly where the one liners in this movie are going to go. And we even have the opposite of when they're in the convenience store and you find out like the two people are really a part of the hunt and hunting the deplorables. And one of their lines before they kill somebody is climate change is real, asshole. It's like, okay, I love it and hate it at the same time. (laughs) Like, I like how both sides are very stereotypical of each other. Oh, it's 100% in like you are in so far of the like nobody talks like this kind of parody that it's leaving the area of satire just going into straight in like dumpster fire territory and i loved it <laughs> absolutely man um it's where you get a film like this that that's a takedown of both sides of the political spectrum mm-hmm. and it's so dead on point with this humor and his satire um i, I want to say uh uh before we get the I, I like how crystal 
Um, it's not her introduction, but it's the first time we actually get to hear her speak. She comes into uh, the convenience store after it's revealed that it was it's all pretty much a setup. Yeah, and, and they, uh, they had reset the store after they had killed several people, and they knew that she was coming. Right. <laughs> she comes in, and uh, she, she asks... Um, Hey, you know, um, after a few preliminary greetings or whatever, she asks, like, uh, hey, what state am I in? And the guy's like, uh, I'm sorry? So you didn't understand the question? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, uh, you're, you're in Arkansas. And you could tell their mind is working on her as much as her mind is working on them. Mm-hmm. And it comes to the point where she says, hey, let me get some smokes. And she gives her the $20 out of her sock. Lady gives her a change of uh, ten twenty five. <laughs> okay. Oker claps her, slams her head on the table. And then uh, just when she's about to uh, kill the, the, the wife after killing the husband, she says, uh, smokes only cost $6 in Arkansas. You screwed up, bitch. <laughs> you yeah. just hit it the, the one-liners before people die are just all horribly, horribly fantastic. <laughs> Every single one of them, I love them all in that this is terrible kind of way <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely man oh uh, dude betty giplin dude she was so good in this betty gilpin she was mm-hmm. so good in this film dude now i never saw glow or nurse jackie but um this is the film in which i kind of got to know her as an actress because she uh she just nails this film so well dude her and hillary swank are like the uh the best things out of this movie mm-hmm yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, it, because you have a lot of like big names in this movie that kind of mm-hmm. come and go fairly quickly. Um, Supley actually stays in the movie a little bit longer than I expected. As soon as he was introduced, I was like, "Oh, he's dying in the next five minutes." There's, <laughs> there's no way he's staying around. Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Which I loved how he was a conspiracy theorist, like podcaster too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, I love how um how Gary shows up and uh he's um <clears throat> excuse me. Um I like how when Gary show when when he, her and Gary are on the uh, on the train, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where we learn they're not in Arkansas. They're in uh uh Croatia. Croatia? Croatia. Um they, they come across some immigrants on a train and he goes, uh, they're crisis actors. You know, and yeah. she goes, They ha- they have a baby. There's, there's crisis babies that exist. <laughs> crisis babies exist. And, and the cherry on top was when they get stopped by authorities. At one point, uh, uh, he says to the Arab guy, like, uh, this guy, he, he's been lying this whole time. They, their attention is us for him. He goes, I don't think they believe you, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> he just spoke English. <laughs> oh, man. That was funny. Yeah, there's there's definitely some good jokes in here. Uh, even when the one guy that is like a hunter and a part of the refugees, and he even goes, "Yeah, they're they're not gonna believe you, man." But tell you what, you you play along. This isn't a part of our game. And I'll give you a forty five right. second head start or whatever. And of course, Gary's like, "Nah, not having that." He takes grenades, shoves it down his pants. And books it. So the one hunter just literally explodes. It's, I will say, the deaths in this movie are kind of creative at times, and other times not very much. 
That one was creative. Yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, I'm not your friend. Oh, yeah, that's it. I'm not your friend. (laughs) Right. I'm not your buddy. Uh, I'm not your friend, guy. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, I like how, see, again, the twists and turns, man, they're just so good throughout this film. That's just so short and sweet. Uh, Mm. Not too long after this, when a, a U.S representative comes to rescue them the guy's in the car with them and he's asking like how how'd this happen to you guys and the guy in the back seat was like uh well we don't know they just trying to take us down and um he goes yeah but but why specifically y'all like and, why like, were you specifically chosen you must have done something to him <laughs> i like how the whole time it's such a stupid it's such a stupid motivation they got to know why we're hunting them before we kill them right yeah <laughs> why does it matter <laughs> like it, 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 it's a dead giveaway because then she kicks him out the car and then backs over him and runs him over um so that that's that's a that's the resolution of that but i i like how a film like this would it would usually be it would usually be tightened up pretty well within 30 minutes, but it, it it uses this 90 minute time. Well, like it doesn't seem like any moment is wasted in this movie. Yeah. It's definitely action packed throughout. Uh, there's a couple moments where it's like, ah, they could have cut down a little bit there, but it's not heavy enough that you're like, okay, this movie needed a second rewrite. It, it's very evenly paced throughout, especially when you have action scenes, uh, you have like the moments of character progression where you're kind of learning about these people. You have the surprises thrown in, you know, you're caught off guard with areas. It, it's done very well. Yeah, totally. I was going to say um, one of the best lines in this movie is when uh, Crystal uh, gets done shooting, every, uh, gets done killing everybody in the bunker. And she talks with the um, with the, the military consultant. Oh yeah, and she goes. Uh, she goes. Listen, man, I'm a. Uh, I've been very, and I'm 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 from a place where uh, I'm from a used car store, and I'm just really trying to, like 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 she just starts humming and like it makes no sense, but she's like, dude, where does she live? Like, just tell me where she lives. Yeah, where can I find this person that uh, literally kidnapped me to try and kill me? Right. Um, well, I even so. like just before that, when uh, Don, the one person that was with her that also went to the uh, U.S. Embassy uh, or that was going with her to the U.S. Embassy that was also being hunted when she kills all the people in the bunker except for one person. And, you know, he pops in and she goes, did, did you want to ask her any questions before, you know, I kill her? Because the last guy you were angry that I didn't <laughs> give him a chance to speak first. Right. And he goes, no, I don't got any questions, but, you know, you, you can't kill her. You know, she's a woman. No, he had a question. He he, he asked, he said, he asked, why did you do this? Oh, she, yeah. She said, because Jesus told me to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you can't kill her. It's a woman. I love how uh, Crystal, I think. Yeah. Crystal just goes, do you think you should be excluded from death because you're a woman? <laughs> no. Bam. 
it's like oh that is because the conversations between like the far left wing kind of people are all like oh you can't say that that's offensive you can't say you know how dare you say that in this culture and this is blah 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 it's like oh my god it's it's exactly how like the right thinks the left talks and then you have the conversations between the people on the right and it's like oh that's exactly how the left thinks the right talks it's just so stereotypical that it's like those conversations never happen i've there's no way i'm willing to bet on the entirety of this world there has never been a conversation that went that way for either side <laughs> exactly how it's portrayed in this movie i think it's when I think it's gone that way on social media. I don't think it's gone that way in real life. Right. Social media is a completely different beast. No, nothing on social media is real. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, oh, man, dude. I, that final fight was very, very entertaining and thrilling, man. And it, uh, I, I love the build up to it. I think the build up to it was good. The fight, I think, went on a little bit longer than it should have. It, it was... Hmm just a little bit too long with them kind of just struggling with each other and everything because up to this point crystal's been shown to be very capable of handling herself with her past like military experience and everything and yeah it, it should have been over fairly quickly because up to this point everybody well, else that Athena's was on been training true she had been training but at the same time it's like i you've been showing the one person going the entire time without a single like doubt on anything that she's done and yeah the other person we got the allude that she was training from the one guard from the bunker but aside from that it's like that went on a little long for you know she was training for a couple days kind of thing uh, also, the reveal, which it I oh, my God, I hate this so much. So the reveal of Crystal being the wrong person is done in such a stupid way. I hate it with a passion. This movie. So there's, there's a thing where a movie is like satire. It's like, oh, it's jokes. I like it. It's jokes. It's funny. It's haha funny. And then something's written that's so preposterously stupid asinine in every fashion it, it i had to pause the movie because i was going to get an aneurysm from the line alone where <laughs> they go well i'm actually not that crystal uh we have a different middle name i know this crystal because i get her mail sometimes and i just i, I had to pause the movie because i went that's not how the mail system works you don't get somebody's mail because you have a similar name to them i've never gotten oh, another no I'm telling you right now, my dad and I have had our mail mixed up. It happens. Uh, at the same address? <laughs> yeah. What, what do you mean? Like different addresses? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if you have somebody that's at like 123 West Street and then 123 East Street and you both have the same name, are, are you getting yeah, each so other's mail? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Well, sometimes I get his mail because they think I'm him. For a time, not as much. So a different address entirely, so that you get your mail yes. when it's labeled to a completely different address for him. Yes. They see our names. We both got different middle names, but some mail that comes doesn't have his middle name, so they, they think I'm him, so they send it to me sometimes. They he, used to. 
even though the address is completely different. I'm, I don't know how many times I got to say it. We were living at different addresses. It has happened before. It is asinine. I, no. <laughs> you refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe told, it. Even I told you that it happened. No, it's... it's Because oh, uh. they look at... It gets sorted based on address. They're not going, oh, man, this is Brad's mail. Goes to Brad. You know, it doesn't... That's not how the post office works. <laughs> Uh, I disagree. I disagree because I, I I think there are instances where people can get their father or their son's mail by accident. It's I don't know. It's happened to me. But a complete stranger's mail, like com- at at a completely different address. The only thing is like a one letter difference. If Crystal, no, she said she said a middle name, didn't she? Or did she say did she say the way the way the name was spelled? Uh, it was the way that her name was spelled. It was one letter difference. It was Crystal May with a Y and Crystal May with an E. Oh, okay. Well, they might but leave out the May in their addresses. At the same time, the address would be different, and it would still go to the right person. It wouldn't go to. It's just, I Brad, I think you're being. I think you're being nitpicky, but uh, you know, no. When something so incredibly stupid is <laughs> said like that, it's not being nitpicky. It's going. No, that's not how the system works. <laughs> here's here's a thing that I think that is sly on the film's part. You can tell that it's not her because the picture that they use to identify her, it literally has a woman sticking up the middle finger to her in the picture. Mm-hmm. Like the woman taking the picture is sticking the middle finger up to her. Right. So obviously, the the woman that would be justice for y'all is the woman holding up the middle finger, not Crystal in the picture. Right. Like, yeah. I imagine in my head, the real Crystal they were trying to get was the one coming up to her, possibly sticking up her middle finger at her because she has her mail. <laughs> like that that would have made perfect sense to me. They never make that clear, but that that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's it, the fact that they did all this research and then still somehow got the wrong person. Because she even goes, yeah, well, because f- she goes through this whole thing. Oh, I know right, about your <laughs> your problems with your dad, your mom dying, and blah, 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 and everything like that. And she goes, well, first off, uh, my dad is fine, da, da, da. Uh, my mom's still alive, and I'm not that crystal. And it's like, how do you do all the research but not find a single picture of the person to go, hold on a minute. <laughs> I don't know, man. They, 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 they were just too headstrong, man. Like, you could tell they didn't really understand what they were doing. They had the money to pay for certain things, <laughs> but they just didn't have the, the smarts to really take care of this issue. Yeah, like, to really I, handle this whole thing. I mean, it, there's so many ways that they could have, like, done the whole mix-up thing. The way that they explained it away, though, it, it's just asinine on all levels of oh yeah we accidentally got the wrong crystal it's like really really like you 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 could have played with their names being completely different the people you hired to get them just completely screwed up brad they shot the pig they They they, did the the pig came downstairs identified itself as the pig and they kept shooting at it (laughs) (laughs) they shot the pig these people aren't that smart uh, like, I like I like how both sides of the spectrum in this movie are both dumb. Oh, like, absolutely, they, yeah. They're both not that. Both sides aren't that smart. But um, yeah, dude, I think this is a very fine satire. It's not perfect, but I think it's fine for what it is. Um, I give it a four out of five. 
Um, th- this one's a three point five for me. It's th- there's good action scenes with it. Uh, it's a good comedy when it's like trying to be funny and everything like that. But everything, the writing is just so stereotypical that it's like, okay, that's. It, it took me out of it at times, even though it would be like funny. It was like, oh, that's that's funny how you think that somebody would talk like that. Uh, but it, no. <laughs> mm. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Three point five ain't bad though. Yeah, like it's this was a this was a solid movie. I um, it, it's one of my favorites from that year. I think like one of, one of my underrated favorites from that year. Uh, you ready to move on to the next one? Uh, yeah, I am ready to start talking about the 2022 movie, The Menu. So I'll take the reins on this one. We are introduced to a group of people that all have their own specialties within the food industry, whether it is food critics, uh, food connoisseurs, or people that have invested heavily into a celebrity chef who is holding a special event on a private island for 10 people to attend. I believe it's 10 people. And in this event, they are given the lifetime opportunity to have the best food around and experience that they'll never forget. But when things kind of turn a little bit, they kind of realize there's a reason they were all invited. And the chef actually has an ulterior motive to all the events that are happening. There is the synopsis of this movie. Hey, you, you ain't got you ain't got sugarcoat things for them, man. This is DFV. Uh, people are going to die. Oh yeah, everyone people. is going. Everyone's going to die by the end of the night. That's the plans. Yeah, the the <laughs> whole thing is we're introduced to the kind of uh, I, Julian Slowick as a celebrity chef, which is kind of a combination of like most celebrity chefs you could see on TV. Uh, I love that. He actually says one of the lines that like Gordon Ramsay would usually say with uh, you donkey. Uh, So you can kind of see where their inspiration for this character kind of came from with him being like a very big perfectionist on everything that he works on and everything that he does where he creates this environment of food, not so much food itself. See, I had a totally different take on that. I looked at it as if it was Ralph Fiennes kind of creating his own type of character. I don't watch Hell's Kitchen like I don't like I don't watch Kitchen Nightmares like that. Mm-hmm. But like um, I looked at it as like this. This was a celebrity chef character that he kind of morphed from the script. You know, like he seemed like like he was his own type of caricature. It's definitely a character, but you can tell that they took inspiration from different kind of celebrity chefs and the way that they like hold themselves when they're in the kitchen and kind of hold their public mm. image and everything like that. Uh, one of the big ones being like Gordon Ramsay with his very like precise actions and everything like that. And but it, I love how we're introduced to the different people that are here because you have the food review blog reviewer who has taken down restaurants with her reviews. You have mm-hmm. the extreme foodie who literally has been sending letters to this celebrity chef basically for the last like decade asking to be invited to this event and getting a chance to try their food. You have the investor bros 
that literally are just using the celebrity chef to gain money in order to like sell things, invest in other properties, you know, with uh, their manager who owns the island and actually has a contract with the chef. You have the movie star that is there with his assistant. And then we have the uh, main character of the movie, uh, Margot, who is just there with this guy that invited her along with the trip uh, that she was hired to be there for. So she is an escort that was hired to be brought on a date to this island. Uh, Later, it is revealed that uh, her date, Tyler, knew that everybody on the island was going to die at the end of the night. So I love that reveal so much. dude. It's such a good one. It is. But leading up to it, we have... All these things, which I love that this movie kind of played with the idea, like going into the movie, you knew that, you know, it it was going to be death. There was going to be a lot of like kind of gore, a little bit of thriller kind of aspects to it and everything. The the trailers teased it a little bit, but you knew something sinister was going to happen. Right. And I love for the first, uh, I want to say probably 30, maybe 40 minutes of the movie, uh, nobody dies. There's like no death. It's just a very creepy essence where mm. it, the entire time it's like you have the celebrity chef who wants everything to be perfect. He presents everything very matter of factly. He comes up with all these long monologues about the dishes they're about to eat and the purpose for them. One of them being like a seaside kind of dish where they have like rocks from the local beach with freshly uh i think it was clams that they had or oysters one of the two and it was kind of perched and very like presentable not so much like you know something that you would grab and start eating it was a very presentable meal and he talks about how i i don't want you to be here to eat i want you to taste i want you to experience i want you to savor and he's very like cold and methodological with like everything he's saying before going enjoy. And he would always break the silence by just clapping extremely loud out of nowhere right. to go. Yeah. The next course is here. And it plays with this for a couple courses. I want to say like three or four courses come out before anything like crazy starts happening. But I love how mm. it's that slow build where it's like, did, did the trailers mislead on this one? Like is, is this just going to be like a very dark comedy with like a very kind of awkward and very like meticulous kind of chef? And that's like the joke of the entire thing is there's there's no horror aspects to this movie whatsoever. And it basically I would be so pissed. I, if that was the punchline. <laughs> I, I was like thinking that and I was in the theater by myself and yeah, us I, too. right yeah, it, I don't know why, but this one was just one of those showings that I went to, and it was like, oh, okay, I guess I got the theater to myself. I won't complain. But yeah, there was nobody in our theater. Really, <laughs> it's always yeah, nice. Nobody. It is. It is. But yeah, about the time that I was thinking, maybe the joke of the movie is there is no death. Uh, it it 
has the one like sous chef come out and present his idea for something and him going into a tirade of this you don't want to you know take my place you want to take me you want to become me it's not that you want to be the next lead chef you want to become me and that's a problem and he then kills himself and i was like nope nope i was wrong this this movie is really going in that direction they they were just pulling the rug a little bit longer than i expected yeah 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 that was uh uh i remember we were watching the film and my wife was like uh when ralph Fiennes walked behind him she was like he's gonna cut it he's gonna cut his throat i was like that's a little too on the nose and then he pulls out the gun and shoots himself. He says, all right. I say, all right, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what is supposed to happen <laughs> right. in this scene. Right. I'm like, cut his throat. That's a little too on the nose. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, this uh, this film overall, and we're gonna we're gonna keep going in depth with it. But I gotta say, my overall feeling of this film is like this is this is a very weird movie. But the more I would think about it after I saw it and how and, and, and how it, it tackles its themes of like art versus passion mm-hmm. and how and how commerce can kind of like drive a dividing line between that and just make art for art's sake without any passion behind it. Like this film, this film has some deep themes behind it. Like the reason why Julian Slovic is upset when you when you fester it more and more in your mind, you kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's an artist and it's. If somebody is not judging his art, it's they're trying to take advantage of his art as he sees it. Right. Because you have the investor bros that are kind of always going, oh, how can we sell this to you know the next highest bidder? How can we sell tickets to this island experience and make money off of this? They, they don't care about the food at all. They don't care about the art that he cares about. They just care about making money. Then you have people like the foodie who... Their entire thing is just, well, I just want to taste the food. The, the food is fantastic. And they don't care about the presentation. They don't care about the message behind it. They're just going, oh, the flavors of this. This is a whatever kind of ingredient in this. And this is this. And this is that. And they blend so well with this. And that's all they care about is like this perfect meld of the foods. Then you have the food critic who just goes, it's okay. you know, Or they messed up that. You know, I love her. I love her relationship with her editor where he says something like, um, I don't know. This seems kind of pointless. Yes. Yes. But there's meaning in the pointlessness. Oh, yes. Such deep meaning. He always changes his opinion to what she thinks. I love their relationship. Like even in the trailer, she's like, she's like, we're going to die tonight. No, we're not. We're going to die. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) I love their relationship. Yeah, it, it you get a definite good relationship between all the people at their tables and everything like that. Even like the rich person that uh, I, I love how he had a reason for everybody being there. You had like the food critic that, you know, was ruining restaurants. And I love how a lot of that comes together with the what was it? The tortillas for the taco night uh, mm. part of the meal, which 
they had laser engraved on the tortillas like different things with uh, the one food kind of or the foodie guy that like is all about clout kind of you see the pictures that he's been taking throughout the night even though you were told don't take pictures those were printed on the tortillas he got the investor bros got the bad bank statements and the proof that they were frauding out companies on their tortillas and Mm. you know for the movie star his was the movie that uh you know, it, Julian didn't like. <laughs> that was such a stupid, like, his it wasn't was, just me. Yeah, his I didn't. was so stupid. Like, like at first I was like, okay, maybe he was crafty on that set. You know, crafty are the people that supply food to the cast and crew. Mm-hmm. And maybe he wasn't respected as, as the crafty service for that film. But it was like, no, you were a sellout. I was like, it's a lot of actors who are sellouts. Right. Like, come on. And it, it's a career, you know. And like what now this made me laugh. Homegirl, he was homegirl was like, I oh, I wasn't a sellout, can I leave? It's like went to college, yeah. Student loans, no. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 dying tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, you you deserve to be here. You're you're not a taker, you're you're not a giver, you're a taker still. Uh man, that's, dude, I gotta say, uh going on what you said about the buildup. Uh, of like whether whether this film whether this film's gonna go there or not, um, I, I like the strangeness that happens around this. And like I gotta say, this film's MVP character uh, played by Hong Chao, like she she just had that great intimidating feel to her character. Like I like how you know when she's introducing everything, she says, "Uh, we're a family. We do this. We gel." Mm. Marco whispers, "Like they gel. We gel." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, at one point, when they're looking at the tortillas and stuff like that, I think it's during that point, she uh she comes over to the guy, and she uh, I think she whispers to him like um you'll you'll have less you'll eat more uh, you'll eat you'll have less than you desire and eat more than you deserve or something like that. Yeah. She, she was just a, like she was just like a, a a great intimidating presence. Oh, I also love that uh, when the tech bros are kind of like going, what is this? It is a tortilla. Yeah, but what's what what is this? It's a tortilla. How did you get this information? The chef does not reveal his recipes to <laughs> the customers. Right, right. I love it, dude. I love it. And um Yeah, one scene I wanted to note in particular was the reveal that uh Nicholas Holt's character knew about what was gonna happen tonight. Mm-hmm. And um I love how Marco this whole time is like she's the only one that knows his stuff is off before stuff gets no- stuff gets noticed at of uh, being off. But um, this scene in particular, I really like once he reveals like, uh, yeah, you know, you and I, we we conversed and uh, you know, I will show you different food plates and you you identified this, you identified certain things. He says, yeah, yeah, I I I did my research. He says, but you know what it was? He's like, yeah. He says, uh, we're gonna make you a chef. You, you gonna make me a chef. And dude, this leads into one of those one of the most painfully embarrassing sequences ever, dude. Yeah, like you, you, you just feel for him in this scene. He he's a douche for bringing Margot along to this, but you just feel his pain as they just sit around, they just stand around, not saying everything, making everyone watch him make his own meal, and he just does it bad. Like when he's cutting up the vegetables, he says, "Oh, this is a new technique." That we all haven't learned. Let's 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 learn some wisdom. Oh yeah, this is this the guy. is this a new technique for cutting onions? <laughs> oh man, it's so painful to watch. And then when he gets done cooking the meat, 
He goes, oh, it's done? Yeah, yeah, it's done, chef. Do eats it. He says, this is pure dog shit. <laughs> like, like, yeah, he, 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 he sounds it out slow. And then all you do is see him whisper in my man's ear. And the next time we see him in the film, he, he, he's hung himself in a closet. I'm like, dude, what did he say to him? Like, it's, it's such a great scene. Well, the entire time he like Tyler is looking up to, you know, Julian going, yeah, you know, I, I hope he notices me. Do you think he'll he knows me? You know, do you think he notices me? You know, I, I hope that, you know, by the end of the night, you know, I want him to like me. I, I really want this, you know. So whatever he said to him, just set him off the edge instantly as, you know, it his hero doesn't respect him kind of thing. And that's all it took. But I love throughout the movie, like as they're going through the different courses, they kind of like show a little blurb in one of the corners of the screen kind of going, here's what's in this one. It's, you know, this, this for the one for his it's it shows like uh, buttered scallions and onions served on a plate with undercooked lamb chopper or something like that. And it's like, oh, I love that. The little <laughs> kind of it, it just putting another knife in the back of just <laughs> He did so bad. Yeah, it's it. That's the dish. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has style. That it, the film definitely has styles with this uh, intertitles. Uh, I think that's the word for it. Yeah, the the title sequences for the food. But um, yeah. Okay, another moment I wanted to pick out uh, a moment that was really pretty dark uh, and very unexpected. When Margot is speaking with the chef, and he's like, uh, "Well, how do you know so and so?" Like, you know, like, um, okay, we know you're not, uh, your name is not Margot. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and he, this whole time he's been asking her this question about, are you with us? Or are you with them? You a giver or you a taker? And uh, at one point she asked her, I mean, he asked her, like, how do you know the uh, the older man, the, the older couple that's there? He, she knows the man. She's just like, he, he hired me for a job. He would, um, you know, talk about his daughter and, and you know, do stuff to himself while asking me to pose as her. And he says, Oh, a romantic. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what kind of like like this film tone shifting is surprising, but 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 kind of great in some moments. Yeah, he definitely has that character of just it's so monotone in everything and so particular. Like when he makes like a little off comment like that, it's like, okay, it, it you're it's like when Batman makes a joke, it makes it a hundred times funnier because Batman doesn't joke kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was pretty funny, dude. Um, but uh, I want to say the the final dish. It, no, no. Way before we get there. So the hamburger sequence. Um, I don't know if I let it off that easy that, that that's how she gets out. I, I get the significance of it. Mm-hmm. She brought him back to a time where he loved cooking and it wasn't just for some art thing or just because he's a celebrity chef. She brought him back to the basics when he was a when he was a burger cook. Right. You know, she, she asked him, hey, you know, just make me a juicy cheeseburger, man. I don't want all this artsy farsy stuff. This isn't for me. Make me a juicy cheeseburger with some fries. And he does just that. And I like how she goes. Oh, it seems my eyes were bigger than my stomach. Uh, can I get a doggy bag to go? Or can I get it to go? 
yeah, 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 yeah. Can I, can I, can I get it to go? And uh, he says, yeah, that'll be 10 bucks. She has money, pulls it, puts it down, walks straight out the door. I'm like, I just, nah, I can't accept that. That's just, I, I, I just can't accept that. I, I get the point of like talking to a crazy person on their crazy level, but did you buy that? It, it was, it, it's definitely out of left field, I will say. Uh, the way that I kind of justify it is more, it, he saw respect in her for actually speaking up against him, which is something that nobody else was willing to do. Like, when she gets up, she goes, I'm still hungry. I've yet to have a single decent thing to eat here. All you've done is give me concepts. You have yet to give me food. I came here to eat. Isn't your job to be a chef? You know, give me food. I want a cheeseburger, a basic run of the mill cheeseburger. And it, it was like a respect thing of, you know, she did the one thing that nobody else in that room would ever do or tell him to his face. And it's the same way that he was also talking about the critic, how when she would leave a store, it would go out of business. And she was like, well, it's not my fault. You know, I would try and do everything I could for them. It's like, that's not the point. The point is you're doing more damage than good. And you see yourself in a higher level because of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and she wouldn't, you know, say anything back to him. She, uh, with Margot, she did. And so it was kind of that respect of, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Game on. Let's let's do this. And then when she had, like, can I get it to go? It's like, well played. I got it. Go. You, I, I got to respect this. <laughs> But I, it's still out I, of I left field. It, it it's still out of left field. But I guess you're. I, I guess if you're looking from a narrative standpoint, you got to think as a writer, how am I going to get this character out of this situation? Because I right. want this character to live. You know, she's she's the surrogate for the audience in this situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, all right. I, I I guess that makes sense. It makes sense in, in the world of the film. I guess. Um, what do you feel about the s'mores dish? I I. In that kind of weird way that I loved all the dishes, like how they were presented and how they all had this backstory, how he was like, the s'more is the worst thing that's ever happened to the culinary world. It's gooey marshmallows mixed with, you know, uh, labored chocolate and graham crackers. And I just love the way that he was like giving the monologue for every dish. And the s'mores one, I think I loved one partly the most. And it's just, I liked it. I, I thought it was clever how they put like little marshmallow capes on everybody, chocolate hats, graham cracker all across the floor, and then they lit it on fire. It's creative in the same way that every other dish was creative. But so that one, I liked it the same way. Did, did you okay. not like that one? <laughs> no, I thought it was cool. I just like this whole movie kind of. I like the themes of this movie, but some parts of it just kind of had me scratching my head. Like, I'm like, you're going you're gonna to end with a s'more? Like, I heard what he said. Like, you know, like, oh, it's the, the worst thing to ever happen, like you said. But I'm like, huh. But I got to tell you one thing that, that kind of haunted me a little bit. Uh, when the burning is happening, and at some point you get a shot of the food critic, and her, her skin is literally melting. As oh, with the chocolate up. is, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, that's a horrific image. 
Yeah. Like, like that, that was just a beautiful, horrific image in the moment. And it just left me with, you know, with Margot being on the, uh, on the ship, uh, no, well, on the, uh, uh, it was a boat and, uh, it, know, it was the coast guard cheese- boat. Yeah. On the coast guard boat, eating her cheeseburger, watching the whole chaos unfold. I just like, remember like when we was walking out the theater, I was like, my wife asked me, um, Hey, what'd you think about that movie? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I wrestled over and over in my mind what I thought about it. But like I said, the more I dwelled on the art theme of it and how artists basically at some point, if they want to be something of themselves, have to artistically sell their soul in some fashion or another to the point where art isn't even fun anymore. In most cases, not in all cases. Uh, I, I understood Julian's motivation more. Right. Yeah. But then I would keep saying, but poor John Leguizamo, though. <laughs> he was just a has-been actor. He didn't need to be there. Yeah, the fact that he was there just because he was in a movie that I didn't like. At first, I thought like I had missed something, so I actually was looking it up after the movie. Is like, why was he there? Like, what what did I miss? Like, did was I just thinking on some part of the movie and I missed the context of why he was there outside of that? Or no, he he was there because he didn't like his movie. <laughs> It's like it's like the uh, certain people, you know, why they're there. The food Mm -hmm. critic has ruined chef's lives. Okay, Um, the chef that the editor is uh, guilty by association. He's he's just there. Right. Uh, The um, the investor bros are douchey. You know, they 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 steal money. They're uh, they're cheaters. Mm -hmm. You get it. The old couple. You understand the husband and his misdeeds. The wife. I. I guess guilty by association, and the the guy he's a fan of of the chef. He's he's a, he's a fanboy. He wants to die next to the chef. You don't understand everybody, but it's like John Leguizamo was the other one. I was like, he don't need to be there. Like, he did know. nothing wrong. Is <laughs> he just made a bad, bad movie? Well, so even his assistant like going to college, and it's like really. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I get it in the theme that it's givers versus takers kind of thing but it's like ah that one was a stretch uh, i do like for the rich couple though how he talked about you know you, you've been here 11 times over the course of the last five years name one of the dishes you've had in the during those 11 times and he can't even yeah, yeah. name a single one it's like okay that's another reason for him is he literally flaunts his money around but he doesn't respect those that are around him at the same time like he doesn't respect the yeah. craft he comes here because i have the money i can go but he doesn't appreciate what is actually in front of him yeah yeah absolutely um i like when his wife helps him she goes she whispers cod it was oh, yeah. cod <laughs> He goes, he goes, cod. And he says, no, it was, and he named some other, some other obscure fish plate. Like she, they didn't even get that right. Right. Yeah. You know like, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, I give this a very hard 3.5. It, it lingers on a four, but it's, I'm at a 3.5 with it. I, I think this one's a four to me. It, it definitely stands up against it's kind of being a very good representation of somebody that is so done with their art because it's been so abused around them, but mm-hmm. they're still so talented. It's hard for them to leave it. So 
he t- decides to take himself out with those that have ruined the art for him. Uh, I like that. It's kind of nice where, you know, you see the reasoning behind it and everything like that. And it ties it up very nicely in that way. It, the thrillness of it is very good. Like when they go outside and he kind of does the whole thing of like, this is my sous chef. You know, I tried to make advances on her several times and you know, she was never given an opportunity because of it. And so in respect of her, all the men are going to go out and be hunted now. And the last one to be found will get a prize. You have 45 seconds starting now. Yes. Yeah, that whole segment was that was kind of pointless. But uh, it was a little thrilling because you didn't know what was coming at that point. Like, this is what happens right after you see the one chef kill himself for that meal. And so Mm. for this part of the meal, they're running for their lives. And you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen. But I love that the one guy that uh, is found last, they like give him a cupcake. (laughs) It's like you get an extra dish for being the last one found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you on that one. All right, man. So I guess this is a this is one of our draw episodes. I guess it's a draw between yeah. hunt and uh menu. Yeah, I think the right. menu Very stands good. up a little bit better than the hunt. Yeah, I think the hunt is a very strong satire. I think the menu is a good satire. I just think the hunt to me just it just hits a little harder. Okay. Um in in its critique. But uh, all right, man. Moving on to the after show. You've uh, you've seen any movies lately outside of these? So I did finally sit down and watch uh, the greatest beer run of all time, which is oh, the, the greatest beer one ever. Yeah, yeah, greatest beer run ever, uh, which is on. I think it was Amazon that I watched it on, and it was Amazon or Netflix, one of the two. I thought it was Apple. It wasn't Apple. No, I don't think so. Okay, all right. But, because, uh, no, the new uh, movie with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds is on Apple. Yeah, I knew about that movie. Yeah. I, I thought that one was on Apple, too, but all right. But I finally sat down and watched that one. Uh, it, it basically is about the Vietnam War and everything going on there, where it has a little bit of a political side, a little bit of a comedy side aspect to it and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, good movie. I enjoyed it. You know, I know that there were some things I was reading on it where it was a little tone deaf at times. It's like, I can agree with that. But overall, it's it's a good movie. I think it, it's got some good jokes in it. The, the fact that it's actually based on a true story is astounding to me <laughs> as well. I, I mean, based off the trailer alone, I was like, yeah, that sounds like the greatest beer run of all time. Right. Having yeah. To run through Vietnam. Yeah, going Vietnam, right? Yeah, Vietnam during uh, the war going on out there and just a regular civilian traversing the entire country to go to military bases to deliver beer. Nice, nice. How was Zac Efron? Uh, He was really good on it. He was probably the best part of the movie because he plays a very Hmm. good, dumb, well-meaning character that doesn't understand the situation he's in whatsoever, which the whole movie is very serious. And then you have somebody that isn't taking it seriously at all. And that's where like the clash in tones comes from 
that uh, I've seen a lot of people talk about and I can agree with, but I, I think he's still fantastic in it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. 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 Um, I recently saw the inspection. Uh, it's a good, it's a A24 movie out right now. It's got some, it's got some, it's got some award buzz around it. So basically it is about this young man that enlists himself in the Marines. And, uh, this is during the Iraq era, I want to say, the mm-hmm. Iraq war era, uh, post 9-11. So this young man is, um, he's gay. So this is when the military was very strong on this don't ask, don't tell policy. So the young man deals with a lot of adversity uh, to be taken serious as a Marine. You have a coach played brilliantly by Book Book and Woodbine that is um, uh, out to break him but break him to, into being the best Marine he can. You know, it's, 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 it, it gives a little bit of whiplash vibes, just a little bit of whiplash vibes. But he's not, a, he's not an antagonist you hate. He's an antagonist that's more complex than anything. You know what I mean? Um, the, the main actor, the lead actor that plays the young man, Jeremy Pope, I mean, he just gives a terrific performance as this young man as he goes through um, adverse... At, as he goes through his adverse uh, his adversity trying to be the best marine he can be and prove mm-hmm. himself you know he doesn't have the best relationship with his mother played another great performance by Gabrielle Union who co-produces it i believe um she's given up on him not just because mainly because of his sexual orientation but mm-hmm. also because he he he's always like he, he's always like like failed at life he he he's coming off the streets being homeless and he tell he tells her i'm going to be a marine and I'm going to stick to this and, I'm, and you're going to be proud of me. Um, yeah, the film breaks your heart, man. It, it, uh, it's based on a true story. The man who wrote and directed it is based off his experiences um, in the Marines. And uh, yeah, terrific film, man. I, I've, I've very much enjoyed it. It's one of those indie movies I would have loved to see at Sundance or something. Okay. Is that one in theaters or was that on streaming? It is in theaters right now. Okay. It's in theaters right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, yeah, go see it. You know, if, it, if it's playing at a theater near you, AMC or whatever, I, I would say to check it out. It's, it's very well done. <sighs> uh, what we got movie news wise? I know I, I heard something in the news that, made, oh yeah, the new Indiana Jones. What you thinking, man? I think Harrison might be too old, man. He's it, kinda. Yeah, I, li- I agree. I like Harrison, but it's like, come on, man, you too old, man. For the role of Indiana Jones, yeah, it's it's going to be... We'll see how it turns out and everything like that, but I'm not going to believe him when I see him jumping around and doing stunts and everything like that. It's going to be a little bit uh, out there, because uh, he did decent enough in Crystal Skull, and he was pretty aged at that point. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard to imagine him being, you know, the same Indiana Jones from, uh, you know, Temple uh, with his age. It's <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with Crystal Skull, I, I we need justice for that film because I feel like over time it's not a bad movie, but everybody hated the alien aspect of it. I'm like, but. Listen, this is this goes in line with Indy. He's gone off after all types of myths mm-hmm. and throughout his throughout the throughout the series of films. Like, I think people need to let that go. I I know people aren't complaining about that anymore, but I just remember watching that South Park episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
where George Lucas and Spielberg uh, uh, assault, sexually assault Indy. And I'm like, dude, it wasn't even that bad. Like, come on. Yeah, but at the same time, you got to remember, South Park always kind of blows all opinions out of the water kind of thing, where they they definitely exaggerate everything for the comedy aspect. Exaggerate, but there's always a little bit of truth in their exaggerate. Right, yeah, which is, you know, yeah. people think that they ruined Indiana Jones and everything like that. But yeah, it's not the worst movie out there and everything like that. It definitely was a turn when it came to like the Indiana Jones. Like if you watch the other Indiana Jones and then you watch Crystal Skull, there is a tonal shift in it a little bit. Mm. Um, the fridge is something I don't think that <laughs> will ever be forgiven. You know, fridges can survive, you know, nuclear holocaust, right? <laughs> <laughs> I barely remember that sequence you're talking about, but I'm sure if I watched it today, I'd probably be like, I got to use some suspension of disbelief on that one. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, some of the criticisms of it are still justified, I think. But overall, where everybody was like, oh, it's the worst thing ever. It's it's ruining my life. I, I hate this. It's like, shut up, sit down and eat your cereal. <laughs> no, shut up, sit down and eat your popcorn. There, That's yeah. what you need to do. <laughs> which are which are which are collectible Indiana Jones uh, uh, popcorn. Yeah. Um, Your limited edition like, tin. <laughs> right, right. Just sit down and eat out of that, for sure. Um, what well, that's it for me, man. You got anything else? Uh, nothing else. There is the whole like uh, CEO changeover for Disney, though. That happened since our last episode. I, I saw nothing but uh, rejoicing for that one. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't care that much about it, but people were like. Since old dude made the comment about animation is just for kids, people really got triggered by that. Well, I was like, mm. you, you got to keep in mind, Netflix just destroyed a lot of their animation studio. HBO destroyed a lot of their animation studio. And there were rumors going around that uh, the upcoming season of What If was going to be cut short due to the animation studio being cut out. The Spider-Man anime show was being canceled. So... Yeah, a lot of people were very angry with that statement of going, yeah, animation isn't for us. It's like, no, stop it. You're <laughs> the animation community deserves better. <laughs> right, right. No, I understand. And uh, maybe it might take them on a, on 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 a, on on a, on a, um, on a good route to where they need to be as a as a company. Uh, if only Warner Brothers would have. Uh, kind of um you know uh or wonder discovery of whatever the hell they're calling themselves now will kind of go in that direction and change some leadership or change some uh directives yeah can we get a better ceo for uh that company whatever they're calling themselves now because uh it, they they need some change uh but kind of speaking on uh that a little bit with uh james gunn his the new guardians of the galaxy holiday special did you watch that one i bet you didn't no, I didn't. Okay. Dude, I'm I'm so behind on the Marvel streaming content. But go uh, ahead, go ahead. Watch it. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh they finally gave a voice to Cosmo, the space dog. Oh, I love it so much. It it's not like the gruff Russian kind of accent that he normally gets in most adaptations, which is a nice kind of breath of fresh air, but it's still oh, I love it. <laughs> 
All right, man. I want more Guardians content. <laughs> I know you too. I'll, um, I'll definitely add it to the list, man, for sure. All right, y'all. It's been another great episode of Double Feature Versus. Um, hey, uh, check out my spoiler fee reviews of uh, the menu Bones and All and Glass Onion on, on 8bitwaffles.com. Uh, don't forget to keep watching films. Uh, uh, take care. <laughs>